Hey, Edugladiators. It is Marlena Gross-Taylor here, and I am so excited to welcome you to our Edugladiators live podcast. Of course, we're off for the chat this coming Saturday because we're going to enjoy our 4th of July weekend as, as, a, as a collective group. But I know some of you just can't get enough of Edugladiators. So we are back again live tonight, and we are super, super, super excited to have our friend of the podcast and of the movement, Daniel here, uh, to talk to us about his masterminds system. So Daniel, tell everyone hello. Hey everybody, uh, Edge Gladiators, so happy to be here with you today. And Marlena, thank you so much for uh, extending the invitation. It's, it's quite an honor and privilege to be here and talk with your community, talk with you, and hopefully offer some value for uh, the viewers. Absolutely. The honor is all mine. Uh, for those of you that are watching live right now, uh, you can actually put in your questions or your thoughts in the live comment feature. And during our time together with Daniel, I will pause and, and ask any questions that you might have or share any thoughts that you might have. So please, if you're watching live, go ahead and make sure that you drop your comments below. If you see my eyes glance down, it's because I have all of this technology around me. So I'm trying to be 28 forever with the iPhone, the iPad, a desktop, everything, so I can make sure that I get all of your questions and comments and, and give Daniel an opportunity to uh, share his perspective on those. So make sure you put that in there live. Uh, before we get started though, Daniel, I've known you. Uh, we've connected through social media. We've done a couple of things together. Honored to have been on your podcast. You're a great yes. educator, uh, but the rest of the world may not know you. So why don't you share a little bit about yourself before we get started? Well, hello world. Uh, I've been in education for about 16, 17 years. Uh, I've had the role from teacher, instructional coach, uh, assistant principal. I've served at the district level, uh, definitely resourcing schools uh, to put in the AVID program, and I've served as a principal as well. So I've, I've worn a number of hats within the education industry. About a year and a half or so, I started my own podcast. I wanted to have these conversations that were deep and authentic and explored what leadership is all about. Uh, what do people learn from their mistakes? And I did it selfishly because I knew that as I progressed through my own career, I, I was afraid of not being able to serve a community at a high level. And I felt just the weight of responsibility, right? To uh, you, you're dealing with kids, you're dealing with the future, the, the greatest resource that a community provides. So I wanted to accelerate my learning as quickly as possible. And I figured there was no better way to do that than by talking to people much smarter than me and with a lot of experience. So I started Better Leaders, Better Schools, and that was in September, 2015, like I mentioned. And now Marlene, as we're recording this, uh, I think it's episode 99 releases in two days. Wow. Uh, yeah. And episode 100 obviously is right around the corner. So we're over 100,000 downloads. You know, a lot of people are really responding to it uh, and enjoying it. So that's that's become my life's passion. Better leaders, better schools, and working with leaders trying to uh, accelerate their growth and their development. I love that, Daniel. Uh, you know, one of the things that you have uh, that you've always talked about with me and in your and all of your social media posts and your blogs is that uh, it's important for school leaders to create 
a winning culture and to really focus on on what's essential, what's necessary. So before we jump into masterminds, or maybe we're dipping our toe into masterminds already, but what does it take in your opinion for leaders to form that that culture that's needed, that winning culture that's needed so our kids can be successful? You know, I think even using the, the phone as a metaphor, and I was showing it to you earlier, and my uh, my home screen now is like pretty blank. It's just it's just a picture. It used to be filled with apps, and, and the metaphor that I want to tease out is that's because it's a, it was a very crowded phone, and everything was competing for my attention with all the apps I've downloaded, and and they're still on the phone. I put them all in one folder, Marlena. So I've I've gone all crazy with this, but with all you know the dings and those red little bubbles and the number like that would literally stress me out and cause anxiety and make me even want to go to that app to just clear it, right? It, it doesn't make any sense, but that's the psychology of it. So when you go back to the idea of focus and creating winning cultures, I think it's all about getting clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, the mission, vision, values that are core to your organization. Uh, but when everything is competing for your attention, things seem super urgent or important and to be quite honest, it probably is not. And so how do you wade through all of those ideas and people and, and you know priorities competing for your attention and really focus on what is essential? So uh, I've learned, I think, how to filter my decisions through uh, reading a lot. I love to read and books like Essentialism uh, that, that, that book taught me about the vital few. Not everything is important. It's given me uh, one framework that I like to use for decision making where you have uh, some type of choice in front of you. You have three minimum criteria related to that choice and three extreme uh, criteria related to the choice. And according to the author, if you're going to move forward with whatever opportunity that is for you, uh, that, that choice has to meet all the minimum criteria and two of the three extreme criteria. So that's just one example, you know. Uh, we're reading uh, deep work with the mastermind right now. I'd also encourage viewers to check out uh, Procrastination on Purpose um, by Rory Vaden. And so there's just, there's a number of different places, right? You can grow your own um, professional library to help you focus on that essential, which in turn helps you build a, a winning culture because you're just so clear on what is extremely important. Everything is not, but it feels like it. And again, using that metaphor of the phone, it's competing for your attention. How do you clear it out so that you can focus on what you need to get done? I love that, Daniel. Uh, and I'll, I will show you my phone. I have like a gazillion, look, look yes. at this. I have no, like, those red dots, Marlena, no. Look at all, look, and I won't even yeah. show you, I have like more screens. I won't even show you how many emails I have because I sure. just won't do it. Uh, and you're right, like, it doesn't bother me though. It doesn't bother me to have all those emails because I get to it, I get to what I can get to and prioritize. But sure. I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of leaders especially, when I say leaders, I'm not talking about just principals or assistant principals or district office leaders. Teacher leaders, mm -hmm. they're struggling with uh, probably one of the main things is balancing things for their attention and balancing the emails. So before we dive into masterminds, I would just love to hear like your quick tips on how do we balance just the email load alone 
yeah. with that. Well, let me start off with something shocking. And, you know, I, I'd love to see the, the viewer uh, response to this. And, and going back to what you said at the beginning as well, listen, if live people, you guys have questions and answer, uh, we want this show to be exactly for you. So please put whatever questions you have in there. We'll address that and, and make that the priority. Uh, but in terms of email, you know, I encourage people to check it uh, barely at all, if at all, to tell you the truth, you know. So that's my that's my shot. Yes, absolutely. Because I, I challenge you to do this. I bet. Go ahead and try to not check it for a few days, you know. See what happens. I bet nothing – I bet the world doesn't stop. I bet you don't even really miss out on anything that's really critical. Because if it is that important, we're going to be talking about that in staff meetings or during the department meeting or whatever. So it's kind of a crazy idea, but the the bigger picture is check it a lot less. Uh, what I what I really encourage people to do, if you want to be smart about it, and what I what I do, I schedule the time that I go in and check email. So it's, it's really easy to check it throughout the day, uh, whether that's on your phone or if you're on your computer, right? So I encourage viewers, like, do not have it always open. Keep it closed. And one thing that I work through uh, with clients on this uh, product, productivity course that I have is scheduling something called uh, the ideal week. And so that's, that's literally what it sounds like Monday through Sunday. Uh, it's it's 15-minute blocks of time and then scheduling out what are your priorities for the day. You can even categorize every single day as well. Uh, if you want to be in classrooms, if one's more of an administrative day, uh, you know, running, running the building, that kind of thing operationally. Uh, so that's all there for you. But the, I guess in terms of email, that kind of thing, all right, we probably can't get away with not checking it all the time. So I would, I would say know yourself. Uh, when are you most productive? So for me, morning time is like my sacred time. I am so productive. Uh, that's that's when I can write. That's when I can really deep, deeply think uh, and just get a lot of stuff done. So I don't check email at that time because it's not worth the attention, the energy that I could put into it. Uh, so I schedule my first time to check email at lunch. So during lunch, check some emails. And then I also, so I did it twice a day and then at the end of the day. So after the kiddos took off, then that was a time to get caught up and, you know, send out emails as well. So I think you can get away with uh, scheduling it. I know you can because I've done it, and I know you can too because uh, people that are much more effective than me, this is what they recommend as well. So I didn't invent this system. I stole it from people that produce a lot, you know, a lot better work than I do. So twice a day from a half hour to an hour and then not knock it out. I think we need solutions to email. So using something like Slack, that's more like instant messaging and being able to uh, have conversations with people um, that only need to be a part of that conversation. You know, you send out this email blast, it's to everybody. It was easy for the sender, but how often do you, the leader of the organization, really think through who is the intended audience and what do they need to hear and how do I need to craft my message so that it hits home? Often it's, oh man, I need to get this done, send this out real quick and get it off my plate, type, type, type away and just send it off and now I feel good because guess what? And this is terrible reasoning. I'm the boss. I sent it. You should have read it and it was important because of that. No, no, it's not. Just because you got a title, you're not important. 
if you don't know your audience and your people and craft it in a way that hits home, like you are, you are not stewarding the responsibility that's been entrusted to you as the community uh, in terms of how you craft your message. So, you know, that's those are some of my ideas. Like you could tell, I get a little passionate about I email. Tell, this is it right here. Yeah. You're excited about yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. So schedule it in. Uh, I definitely take off the notifications. We already talked about that um, in terms of uh, on my phone, and and I just I go in when it's scheduled religiously, and that's when I'm effective with email. I love that. You know, here's something that uh, that I make sure that I, I I still do now that I'm back in the school system. But when I was a building uh, principal, I would do this as well. Is um, I'd like to I'd like to honor my teachers' time. Yes. Right. And so I know that I have I had amazing teachers that worked uh, in my building. So I would tease them about being overachievers because if I sent out an email, and even if I said, um, you know, nothing needs to be done right now, they would think about it and they would yeah. like probably try to do it. And I would do the same if my assistant soup would send me something. Mm -hmm. And so I started using the delayed send. Yes. Uh, and, and Outlook. And so I needed it to get off my plate. So if it was my time, if my time was like normally it was once my kids went to bed from sure, 10 to sure. 1030 or 10 to 11 at night even. And this is the time that I have that's quiet, you know, after being mom and, you know, and getting home from school. That didn't mean I need to send those emails out and, and blow up my teacher's inboxes. Right. So I would do a delay send. So it would come in the morning when I know most of them are you know, getting to school or whatever. And then it's, to me, it's a more appropriate time to do that. But I would also like share with my parents that, hey, my teachers and, and myself, like we have lives, we have children, we have things going on. So if you send an email out and it's after school hours or later in the afternoon, don't be offended if nobody returns your email or response yeah. because we've already left and now we're putting on our mom hat or our dad hat you know, mm -hmm. or spending time with family, whatever it is that we do. And so just know that when you send it, give us at least 24 hours to respond, yes. especially if it's late in the day or in the evening. Yeah. I love that, Marlena, because, you know, you're talking about modeling, right? Like what you expect. And you're talking about framing expectations uh, for the community and, and what they can expect in terms of turnaround time with communication. So uh, that's super important to do as a leader. And if you're not using Outlook, if you are with Google, uh, two tools that you can use, Boomerang uh, schedules out emails as well. And you can have a free account. They, they give you so many you know, that you can send out um, and delay. Uh, but another really powerful tool is called Streak. And Streak is absolutely free, works within Google Chrome, uh, works with Gmail. And you can, you can schedule out as many as you want. Uh, another powerful feature I like is uh, Maybe we're having some type of communication, Marlena, and um, I want to be able to follow up with you because I need a response, but I don't need to send that now. So I can snooze that message uh, for a week, for a month. You can pick the exact date and time, and then it'll pop back into my inbox, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk to her about this. And it helps uh, keep things like, a little less cluttered. Uh, again, things aren't all you know competing for your attention, and you can be a lot more focused, which you need to be as a leader. I think that's huge. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and I was writing down for some sure. of those because I haven't heard of those. So thank you for that. Uh, again, if you're Street watching live, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're watching live, type in your questions, uh, type in any comments that you have. If you're watching the replay, then uh, we'll be sure to share at the end how you can get in contact with Daniel. 
so you can ask your questions if you're watching the replay. I know we have some really big conferences going on uh, this week with ITSI and, and model schools here in Nashville, ITSI and San Antonio. Um, so please, please, please be sure to uh, stay tuned, watch the replay if you're watching if you're watching the recording right now and uh, hang into the end so you can get Daniel's information. So let's jump right into masterminds. Okay, my favorite topic. <laughs> yes, yes. What is it and how do I do it? Yeah, so the, the mastermind, you know, the only reason I have any credibility with it and why I can speak about it is because I've, I've been a participant for quite a while, way before I started even facilitating myself. And the reason I brought it to the education industry, but I mean, every industry can benefit from it is I saw I saw such tremendous professional and personal growth, Marlena, like it was absolutely crazy. And I, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe what I was seeing in my own life. Uh, the mastermind I participated in shout out to Aaron Walker from view from the top. Uh, so that's that's where he's at. And he coaches men specifically entrepreneurs, uh, guys looking to just be uh, more impactful in terms of uh, their relationships as a husband, as a uh, father, just even as a friend, as a leader. Uh, so I, I've been with him now for years and it's been the greatest decision of my life. What got me to say yes, I was absolutely crushed by this quote that is pretty popular by Jim Rohn, but you're the, you're the average of the uh, five people you spend the most time with, right? So you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I really sat with that, you know, and I, I rigorously looked at the relationships in my life and I thought, what am I getting out of it? What am I giving to it? Is this, is this in alignment with where I want to be in five years, 10 years, 30 years? And I had some tough choices to make with that. Uh, so on some levels, I wanted to upgrade and level up the type of person that I uh, hung out with, so to speak. And so doing the mastermind really helped me with that. Uh, the, way I, the way I describe it with potential clients is that I call it a hybrid group coaching and leadership development community. Um, but now I also like saying that it's just it's really a party and that, you know, I think I throw great parties and you're invited. So people listen to the podcast, they email, they call, they, they you know, connect on social media, and they ask advice all the time. And I like, I like helping out. So that's, that's great. Um, but the fact is, is that, you know, you're going to get so much more if you invest in a weekly meeting with other individuals that are going to push you and sharpen you and, and have you uh, really think through whatever experience you're going through. So the, the mastermind, uh, it's a weekly meeting. We meet over uh, Zoom, so it's very much like Google Hangouts or Skype, uh, but Zoom is the platform that I invest in. Uh, so we have a check-in time of about 15 minutes or so, and people share wins of the week, and we talk about accountability. So like, here's a note from uh, one of my groups. This is uh, my Tuesday night group. There we go. And people were just saying, hey, one big thing I want to accomplish next week, like Kathy Joe wanted to get out into the community and connect with business leaders. Uh, Robert wanted to research a reading curriculum. Colin had to hire a fourth grade teacher. And I could go on and on and on, right? Uh, so people, they'll, they'll say, this is the one big thing I want to accomplish. We'll check in. 
Uh, there's one thing to think about what you want to accomplish, another thing within community to say it, and then a third thing too, to know that people that love you and care about you are going to ask you about those things on a weekly basis. Imagine how much you're going to get done if you know you're going to face that type of uh, community that's supportive yet challenging, right? Uh, so that, that gets us through about a quarter of it. We do book studies. So I mentioned, right, procrastinating on purpose, essentialism, deep work. We've we read, I mean, we read, a, um, we used to read a book a month. Now it's every two months just to probably the pace was a little hard, I think, for some people. So we are leading, excuse me, reading leadership books from outside the education industry to really push our thinking. So I'll have a discussion there. But the secret then, Marlena, is uh, the hot seat. So you have about 10 people, no more than 10 within a group. And the last 30 minutes, maybe, Marlena, it's your turn for the hot seat. And so at this time, you share an obstacle or challenge you're facing or some, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal, as Jim Collins calls it, that you want to accomplish. And you just you share that within the group. They think about it. They ask you questions. They share their own personal anecdotes. Uh, they give feedback. And the beauty about that is it's basically having your own personal board of directors, right? We, we connect, you know, on social media, we got the lead up group, got edgy gladiators, all these great areas that definitely feed you and help you develop. But imagine just having like 10 or nine other just people that you're with every single week that are learning, they're growing with you, they're becoming your friends. And they just, they know who you are. They can call you out on your stuff, which is how I'll say it here, because we're live, y'all. So <laughs> they'll call you out on your stuff because it stinks too. And they're going to push you to be a better leader. I mean, that's just, that's what it's about. Uh, so the cool thing is when you're on the hot seat, you get answers to those very difficult questions that you have. And you, you get uh, feedback and develop a much wider perspective that you just wouldn't have if you didn't engage in this type of community. But the other beauty is if you are a participant and not in the hot seat, there's a lot of value you get from being helpful helping other people work through their problems, right? It makes you feel good. And it's just, it's the right thing to do. Secondly, you get to hear about problems that people are facing that are either going to be reminders, oh, I need to be thinking about that. Or maybe it's something, wow, I didn't even know that that exists. And now I have a tool in my belt that I could potentially use to solve this issue if I ever experience it within my community. So out of that, you know, has come some uh, really, really powerful times. Um, everything from crazy stuff, you know, with teachers acting inappropriately with students, right? We've, we've discussed that. We've discussed right. uh, succession plans. We had a guy, um, Fran, who's, who's uh, been a principal for over 30 years, and now he's walking away. And how do you hand it off the right way? and make sure that the work continues. Uh, Kareen, she's amazing in Canada. Uh, she has to raise a million and a half dollars to save the school. And she's already raised a million and a quarter, right? So we, we help just talk about and encourage and support and think about like how can we, we get it done. Um, Jason, he, he moved from AP. They took the, the principal of his school, said you're gonna be the uh, chief academic officer, which is a very, popular position in districts right now. And guess what? Your principal next week. So he's like, what do I do? Right? Wow. We talk about that stuff. And it's it's just it's so neat to help people through those 
problems and challenges. Uh, and, and I've seen my instructional coaches become APs. My APs become principals. Uh, there's, there's 26 clients that I faithfully serve every single week. Uh, we have three groups. And the neat thing to take away all the instructional coaches and all the assistant principals and go to the original group when we launched, there were seven principals. Three of them this year got the honor of principal of the year. Wow. So that is, it's, it's super neat. Yeah, I'm not going to take credit myself. It's not me saying, Marlena, this is how you do the job. But what I will take credit for is I think I create an atmosphere. I know this. Like my greatest strength is connecting people. Mm-hmm. And so I have set up an environment where, where people connect, they feel safe, they take off their mask, they, they really share with what they're struggling you know, with. So this, this isn't going to connect for everyone. This is for somebody who, who wants to for real develop and they, they want to uh, be authentic. And I think people crave authenticity. Uh, but when you get that type of support, great things happen. I mean, that's, that's my whole idea. Get great people together, great things are going to be produced. So it almost sounds like um, a deeper level than uh, a Twitter chat. Cause, and there, yes. I love my Twitter chats. I mean, that's what got me started into this whole realm. But a deeper level than Twitter, um, even deeper level, level than Boxer, because you do have that video component, that live interaction at that set time every week. Um, so it just sounds like you're really deepening your relationships and pushing each other in a, in a very authentic way. It's deep. And, it, and that's why, you know, you limit it at 10. So any, any more than that, you're not going to have enough space to share the mic, so to speak. Right. And that's a value because, uh, everybody wants, you know, people are investing in the mastermind because they want to hear what Marlena has to say and everybody else. They have a perspective that's not their own and it adds so much value to the group. Uh, so you're absolutely right. I mean, I talked about how people crave authenticity. They crave connection too. And I think the depth as well. Twitter chats, Voxer, all that stuff is great and people should engage in it. Uh, it, it builds your professional learning network for sure. But <clears throat> there's only so much you can do, even with the same amount of time, right, for an hour in 140 characters or, or Voxer. So here it's the same people. I mean, this is your tribe. You're going through life together. Uh, we're going to have annual meetups and all this kind of stuff. I mean, these people become your closest friends too, you know? Uh, and and they, like I said, they know you so they can call you out on stuff as well. And they, they help you become better. It's just, that's what it is. It's all about authenticity and all about growth. How do you choose the uh, book studies, the books for the book studies that, uh, that you do as a mastermind group? You mentioned you do some leadership books. They're not all education based. How do you choose mm-hmm. that? Well, I mean, to be quite honest, right? Like, so I'm a, I'm a mastermind participant as well as a facilitator. And so if we read a book that I'm reading in the other mastermind, I'm like, wow, this just rocked my world or it rung my leadership bell. I know that I need to bring it to my community. Other than that, uh, since I do the weekly podcast, people all the time are dropping incredible books that I need to check out. And so I just, it's either things that I've either read and I know I want to bring it to, to the community or it's something that I'm interested in and I think uh, it would benefit everybody. Plus, the uh, thing with the masterminds, I tell, I tell the clients all the time, like, this is, this is for you, right? So like this chat we're having right now is for the viewers. So if people want us to answer questions, we're going to go there. Uh, 
So we talk about all the time, how can we improve? Or in this case, is there a book that people are dying to read? And then, you know, we can change course and do that. Well, speaking of people leaving questions, we do have one for us tonight. Yes. Um, so it is, okay, the question reads, hey, Daniel, what was the biggest lesson that you have learned from your Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast? The biggest lesson? Who asked that question? Uh, Sean, one of our core warriors. He's joined in and he's asked that question. Sean, thank you so much for the question. Um I think the the biggest takeaway, um, there's a few, so I'll give you a few. But number one is that it's all about relationships, right? And so you got to figure out like how are you going to build relationships within the community, with students, with the staff, with with parents and uh, community members. Um, I think it's important to not take yourself so seriously as well. The work's important, but you don't have to take yourself so seriously uh, because how you might carry yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, could rub people the wrong way. And, you know, I'll get super focused on stuff. And it's like you walk around with a scowl on your face. But, you know, you probably are somewhat peaceful or happy inside. You're just really focused and maybe a little bit stressed. So I think it's, it's really important to uh, have the proper perspective, not take yourself so seriously as well. So relationships. And not taking yourself so seriously. And and right now I'm reading uh, Ego is the Enemy. And we're reading that in July and August by Ryan Holiday with, with the mastermind. And the key part there is like when you have when, when you have in the context of schools, right? Student success, uh, attendance is going up, you know, all this great stuff. Discipline data is improving, all that. You start, you know, tooting your own horn, right? And if you're not careful, you might think it's because of you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Honestly, it could, you're, you're the one leading the vision. You got everybody all fired up about it. You know, you're working tirelessly, giving your blood, sweat, and tears. Like, you're awesome. And if you start believing your own hype, you become insulated. You, you form this bubble. Your head gets so big you can't see anymore, and your perspective gets off. So... Part of it, too, is it's, it's not about you, you know? So not only don't take yourself too seriously, but don't put yourself in the center of everything as well. So keep that healthy perspective and don't become a roadblock, you know, roadblock, obstacles, that kind of stuff to the progress of your community because they might be all gung-ho and fired up about the direction you're headed. But if you need to touch everything and sign off on everything and put your stamp of approval, well, that just slows everything down, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think some of those are, are, are the big takeaways for sure. Okay, so one of the leadership books that I'm reading that uh, yes. you are welcome to, to use in your masterminds if you want to, I'll, I'll keep the title of this uh, PG, but anyway, a friend of mine told me about this and I was like, what? That's crazy. I downloaded I, it. I think I think I know what you're going to say, but yeah. I want you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I downloaded it and I was like, okay, I'm going to try it because my friend, I, I I just trust her judgment. Uh, former English teacher, she's like, Marlena, like, you're going to like it, and it's not what you think. But you're going to love the title because, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you have, you're a cusser, so you love the title. I know. That's my, that's my <laughs> bias. I have, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's another podcast. Uh, it's called The Subtle Art of Not, not Giving Up. Not Giving Up. Gotcha. By Mark Manson. And yeah. let me tell you, like, 
She was exactly right. My friend Erica was exactly right because the book is about kind of what you're saying, like sure. um, what we were talking about earlier as you only have so much time, you only have so much space to do the work and still balance your family. And that's really important to me to have that work-life balance. Yes, and I think yes. it's important to a lot of people, definitely in my generation and our generation. Um, and so this book really talks about um, you only have so many to give. And so you have to be careful uh, and be thoughtful of what you give your attention to. You know, and it's a deep, deep book. So I don't know if you've used that for your mastermind. Those of you that are listening, this is definitely one that you have to check out. It's really, really great. I follow Mark Manson um, since a couple of weeks ago when I got the book on uh, Twitter and gosh, it cracks me up, but I love it. It's, and it's right. It helps me keep the main thing, the main thing. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I, I've been, uh, <laughs> it's, it's in my wish list, so I haven't read it yet, um, but I'm going to be reading that sometime very soon. Yeah. You definitely want to read that. So, uh, so tell me this, does your mastermind system, yeah. Does it apply only to educators uh, or an education world or do you have people in your group uh, that have found value in this that are not educators? So, you know, I, I've been very focused and niched down in terms of the podcast and doing school, school leaders, right? Uh, so everybody within my masterminds currently are within the education industry, but the one I participate in, uh, that's for everybody, right? And and at some point too, you know, I'm considering should I open this up with my media company and do it for podcasters, you know, or other small business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, I might do that at, at some point as well. This will work. This will work anywhere. Uh, a lot of times, education's kind of last to the party, right? And they're like, oh, there's this cool new way of uh, absolutely, you know, getting great personal and professional development, or, or here's this technology we should use, and oh, okay, well, let's check that out 10 years later. So uh, I think education is just, you know, last to the party, and like I said, I participated in it, and, and I saw the growth and development I was having, and I looked at schools, and I was thinking, where is it for us? So I just decided to pick myself and say, hey, we're going to do this. Would you like to join? And people, people did. We started off with seven, grew to thirteen. Uh, I shut it down because I was a principal uh, at the beginning of you know the school year, and I, I wanted to have my priorities straight. Uh, but then towards the spring, I knew I was transitioning, and I just did a very limited. Hey, would anybody else like to join? And we doubled in size to twenty six. And then I'm like, well, now we're up to three groups. I still need to finish the year strong, so I shut it down again. So currently, there's a wait list. Uh, but I, I am I know I'm opening them up uh, back in in July. We're gonna open them right back up. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I have to ask this as we come to come to our time, and it's been great. Like I am sure, like sure. if you see me looking down, like jot down things you that jot you're down notes? about right now. That's jot great. down books. I'm pulling them up so I can make sure I have them on my on my very busy phone. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sure. 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 Um, but how can, uh, well, tell me this first. Here's the last question is, who is your favorite superhero, Daniel? And yes. and why? And how is that superhero, how does that favorite superhero influence, uh, influence you to be who you are now? So it's funny you, you mentioned that because uh, before recording, I, I wish I could like leave and grab it. Uh, um, but I have this old t-shirt that I showed Miriam 
And, you know, we're moving to Belgium. So we're like totally downsized and getting rid of stuff. It costs, Marlene, it costs $10,000 to get like a crate and ship all your stuff. So we're just doing luggage and, you know, we're, it's like the only the basics and we're going to buy everything new or used over there. Uh, so long story short, I showed her this T-shirt that said Fat Dutchie's Comic Book Shop. My first job ever was at a comic book store and I would count inventory. And Chuck, the owner, he would either, well, he would give me lunch. He would give me some great comics and 20 bucks every week that I did this. So I am an expert in this question. And the answer, expert answer for me, that's 100% correct, would be Spider-Man. I really? love Absolutely. Uh, I love Spider-Man because, you know, I wasn't like the biggest kid, right, growing up. Um, I, had, I had friends. I definitely wasn't uh, like an outsider or okay. couldn't connect, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, my parents went through divorce and... So you have some questions, you know, a lot of kids think, did I cause it and that kind of stuff? And they, you know, they battle with that. And I, I think I was a little bit just like sad and kind of disconnected, you know, and I got better, you know, through so much uh, introspection and, and emotional work and therapy and that kind of stuff. But I picked Spider-Man because he's this, this weird kid that's kind of on the outskirts. He gets bit by this uh, radioactive spider, and he's turned into a superhero, and he's got the beautiful girl. So I'm like, yes, that's what I want. And he fights crime, but he does it in a very uh, unique and creative and funny way, right? Because he's always dropping one-liners and messing with the guys as he's beating them up. But you never would suspect that he's such a superhero because he looks so ordinary, right? right. So I, I love, I absolutely love Spider-Man. That is and awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're going to watch the new movie that's coming out, right? I think it's July oh. 7th, I believe I saw. I'll watch them all. I should probably get a Spider-Man tattoo at some point. Oh, you know? my so. gosh. <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey, yeah. if folks want to get in contact with you, if they want to learn more about Masterminds or if they're sure, watching sure. the replay and, uh, of course, they wouldn't have the opportunity to ask their questions live, how can they get in touch with you, especially if you're moving to Belgium? Yeah, well, the great thing about, you know, what we do is that I just need a computer and an internet connection and everything that we're talking about, the podcast will still be there. I'll still be coaching folks through the masterminds and doing a whole bunch of other stuff that's just, it's all online. Uh, so betterleadersbetterschools.com is absolutely the easiest way. There you can get the blog, uh, the resources that are there for free. You can join the mailing list. Over a thousand school leaders are there and they get the, the newsletter. So that's either updates to the blog and, and um, the podcast. You get different offers potentially to work with me. And the most popular email I send is every Sunday. And it's the weekend resources, just five bullet points that are things that I'm working with or quotes I'm pondering, resources I found valuable, and just saying, hey, here's some cool stuff, you know, check it out. So betterleadersbetterschools.com is the easiest. Uh, you could text me, 312-788-7595, everywhere, absolutely everywhere on social media. My handle is Alien Earbud. That's Daniel Bauer. It's an anagram. I'm an English teacher, so I use a, <laughs> I use a word game, right? There's got to be a reason. You mix up all the letters, and what was a crazy word that Daniel Bauer spells? Alien Earbud. So that's why, that's, my, yeah, that's why it's my handle. 
Um, it, for the US viewers, if you text unlock now, all one word, unlock now to 33444, you could get 15 questions. It's a PDF I created. 15 questions guaranteed to unlock your leadership potential. Uh, if you're international, that doesn't work. But just go to the website, and there's like a ton of stuff that you can download for free. We could start a conversation, and maybe we can even work together within the mastermind. Oh, that's awesome, Daniel. Again, thank you so much for coming on to Edu Gladiators and, and just being such a friend of this entire movement and an inspiration to me personally um, uh, and getting so many things started and going with this. I just really, really, really appreciate your insight and honor to have you on our podcast tonight. It's been an absolute honor. It's all mine. It's been such a privilege, and thank you for having me on the show. Thank you, Daniel. And again, for those of you that are just tuning in or watching the replay, just a reminder that this Saturday we are celebrating